You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to BNI, The Australian Story. This is episode number 49. We're actually recording all the way from Melbourne, Australia, talking about real members with real businesses and their real BNI stories. And I'm here with our executive director and co-host, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, V. How are you? Can you uh, imagine 49 episodes already? And we're already well into the fifth uh, month as we record this of uh, 2021, so the the uh, year is going really quick. We are, and look, a huge apology to our um, our listeners out there, and lots of uh, local BNI members do support the podcast. We've been crazy over the last two or three months, and um, Brent, yourself, and I, we've had to kind of move with the times and be able to record the podcast when we could, and uh, we had our fantastic producer Steve with us. So I'm sorry if it hasn't been coming out week to week. We're trying to get it back on track very, very soon, but we are really grateful for all of the people who are supporting the podcast and uh, for sharing it as well, because that's great when members are hearing about it from other members who are saying, listen to that story from that guy because it's really relevant to what you're doing. Oh, for sure. We get a lot of feedback from people actually listening to what we do and sharing those stories and, uh, and you know, helping with their B&I journey uh, from what they've learned from it. So it's really great to share the, share the knowledge from these uh, from these fantastic members um, we've got around the place and uh, we've got over... Yeah, six thousand of them in in Australia alone, and there's plenty of stories um, to share over that time through BNI. So we've got a few more lined up over the coming weeks that you'll really enjoy. Yeah, well, we always look forward to every single week, and every single story is very, very different. Um, so why don't you start with our introductions today for our special guests? Well, we're only local today which is uh, local to our area where we are now. And we have uh, Peter Oliver with us now. Peter Oliver uh, is in BNI Mornington on the uh, Mornington Peninsula, not far from where we are, well, virtually where we are. And uh, Peter's business is uh, Peninsula Dreams Holiday Homes, and he does holiday rentals, uh, holds the holiday rentals category within his uh, within his BNI uh, Mornington chapter. And Peter's story uh, is a little bit different. He didn't actually start being in Australia. Wow. So we're going to hear a little bit more from that. And he's uh, he's uh, emigrated and uh, and set up shop with BNI locally. So welcome, Peter. Welcome to the BNI Australian Story podcast. Good morning, Brad. Thank you. Morning. Morning, Veronica. So um, let's let the cat out of the bag. Uh, how did you find out about BNI? When and where? Uh, in the UK, um, I was uh, back then. I was a builder, so I had been an army officer, then a builder, then in real estate. And one day, I was one day horrible day in Scotland. I was I my supplier sent the wrong worktop. I was behind. I wanted to get home to my family, and this really excited guy jumped out of a car and wearing a suit. So I thought. Awful salesman, <laughs> didn't want to speak to him. And uh, he was bouncing up and down about this networking group he was a member of, and he'd like to invite <laughs> me along. And uh, uh, I, I now know that chap who lived at the end of my street um, was, was Colin Reed, the executive director in the area. 
But uh, I saw an excited man in a suit when I was having a bad day, and I sent him packing quite quickly. Um, <laughs> and uh, Colin, Colin became a good friend, and um, we've laughed about it since. But he was the wrong man in the wrong time, on the wrong day, to come and invite me. But um, a few months later, my mechanic, Jim, who I'd done some charity work with, um, Jim said, hey, mate, I'm a member of this, of this group. Uh, we meet up once a week. I'll pick you up in the morning and I'll take you down. And uh, I caught there, and a little later I realised it was the same thing. But by that stage, I was I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would probably tell you too, like uh, you know, a tradesperson getting approached by someone in a suit, they're they're suspicious already uh, <laughs> of that person and their intentions. They think, who's this grifter uh, <laughs> coming to? Uh, what's what's in it for them? They've got a suit. I'm in I'm in overalls. Uh, what's going on here? So. Um, and obviously, if you're not having the best of days either, it's uh, <laughs> it's like I'll make any excuse for this person to get out of my face right now. So I remember going home and telling my wife, I said, this bloody man. And I told her the story about it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was quite right. It would have been perfect for me at the time. And uh, in due course, it was fantastic. Yeah. So how did you find it as a builder when you joined uh, B&I? Well, and what part of I you? Didn't. That- I didn't. Was that point I actually had my real estate agency over there as well and I was just uh, I'd had enough of running the building company and was focusing on real estate um, so I joined um, in property management in the UK and um, yeah look it was really really good and what, what I've learned over that time is I was probably asking for the wrong thing when I first joined um, I was looking it took me a while to get my first referrals now it's much easier because I know who to ask for. I know how the system works. So it's funny, second time around, I'm getting results much faster. I would love to know, um, for all of our property managers that are listening, and uh, this is one category that uh, it does take a little bit of uh, a a bit longer to build that um, credibility and those connections, but when you have that trusted um, property manager in your phone, it's a fantastic category to hold. So I would love to know, Peter, what is it that you specifically ask for? Your- at, at the start, I was making the mistake of asking for landlords, which, it, of course, we're always looking for. But um, in actual fact, what I learned was I was looking for partners both within and without, effectively a power group, some of whom were BNI members, some of whom were out with those. And in the end, we got a really good power group um, that I was introduced to. Only two of us were BNI members, but um, there was an insurance man, an accountant, the IFE, uh, myself, and a developer. And effectively, we were dealing, looking to speak to the same people. Um, often the referrals would come in through the accountant, you know, reasonably high net worth individuals, and I would uh, help find them a property, put a tenant in. The insurance man did his bit. The IFE was doing the tax side of things on the uh, on the back, and you know it was a one a one stop shop, so to speak. Um, and that became the real hub. Uh, and we were still getting the mum and dad referrals, which was fantastic. But the real value came in year year one, not very much. Um, but I was learning it too. Year two, yeah, it was worthwhile. Just. Year three and year four, but year four, when I sold those contracts, it was worth, um, I think, £75,000, which yeah. when you flip, flip that of a, into dollars, is quite a, quite a large sum and was a good return on investment. So I kept, I kept it. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit sad. I like a spreadsheet. I knew exactly where my returns were. And um, by year four, 
it, it was really good. Um, and you've gone through that sort of, you know, visibility, credibility, profitability thing. Um, my aim this time is now I've got a better idea just to get there a little bit faster, do the right things a little bit sooner. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Now, just before we move on, I know we've got a lot of uh, expats who live here that uh, listen to the podcast, and we've got people from around the world that uh, listen to this podcast as well. So can you uh, tell us what chapter you're in uh, in the UK and whereabouts it was located? Because they're probably wondering yeah. uh, that like myself right now. Uh, so BNI Berwick Law, um, which is in Scotland, South and East region, just on the edge of Edinburgh. So it is effectively what um, Mornington is to Melbourne, North Berwick is to Edinburgh. Similar setup. Okay, excellent, excellent. So um, you know, four years uh, to to get tangible results. So you think, wow, this is really uh, this is really working for me now. Did you see the light at the end of the tunnel, or did you want to sort of uh, sometimes did you question your involvement? Um, towards the end of year one, because you put in a lot of time to get to get to know everyone, it was also a smaller chapter. Um, and so it's, you know, you've got less less referral partners. I remember passing out a lot of referrals as you do as a property manager and thinking, okay, when's my turn? You know, we're, we're doing the giver's bet, let's get the gain. Um, but I, I like the people, like the concept, I could see it could work. I think, um, yeah, second time round, it's a lot easier because you understand that process. Um, also, I know who to ask for from day one, and that, that makes a big difference. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they um, like even in life and in business, they think, wow, if I knew what I know now back then, I would have done things differently. But, you know, we, we learn from our mistakes. We learn from our errors, and that's, and that's how we grow. And if everything sort of come to us on a plate, we probably wouldn't appreciate what we had. And uh, I, I really like how you were originally asking for transaction referrals mm -hmm. and then you worked out that, um, no, I really need someone who can actually, um, you know, supply me with several referrals instead of the one transaction each time. Mm -hmm. So looking for a, uh, a referral partner as, a, as opposed to a transaction referral uh, would be, you know, is a really good message for our uh, for our listeners here today. So, um, how long were you in that group for, and uh, and then you decided to come to Australia? Uh, four years. Four years. I was a member there, um, and uh, I'd always we'd always fancy coming to Australia. I was. I, I do believe I was sold a lie with Melbourne. I was told it was sunny, warm. I thought I'd never wear long trousers again. Um, there are some days like that, but just not many. <laughs> absolutely. It's about this time of year, every year, I think I should have moved to Brisbane. And then, then spring comes up and I think Melbourne's the best place in the world again. But we have this three months of questioning myself every year. When I <laughs> I'm born and bred here. I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> but on, the first day, on the first day we arrived in, the, on, in Mornington, um, I didn't have a single contact, no friends, no relatives, nothing here. We'd never been to Australia before. So we sold the business, sold the house, got on a plane. And I thought I need to start getting a contact base somehow. So it was a Wednesday and uh, got on my phone, having just got some internet connection and um, Googled BNI in Mornington. Of course, BNI Mornington came up and um, they were meeting the next morning. So I said to my wife, um, I'm getting up early tomorrow morning. I'm going to find Mornington Golf Course. 
And um, by complete chance, the first person I spoke to as I went in the door was Barry Hodge, who is a fellow ex-British Army officer. So that was a nice first contact to make <laughs> day one in Mornington. <laughs> oh, we know Barry quite well. A big shout out to Barry. He's, uh, he's one of our team uh, as a direct consultant. So hi to Barry there. I actually would love to know why the move to Australia? Well, we were told that the weather would be better. Um, definitely is, but um, it's, um, there was a number of reasons. I, as an army officer, I worked with um, a few Aussies. Uh, they always seemed quite good, good people that I dealt with. I felt it was a growing, exciting young country. Um, things in the UK take a bit longer. It's, you know, I grew up in a village with an 11th century castle in it. You know, <laughs> the, the en Edinburgh's new town, I think, was um, was built in the 1750s. So nothing's really, you know, that new. <laughs> nothing's that modern. Um, and look, the, the politics in Scotland and each to their own in politics, but it was getting a little bit unfriendly, I felt, in, in the last sort of five years. I didn't know it was going to stay a, a good place for my kids to grow up. So for all those reasons, I thought, and we, we, we had gone to do it before. Uh, my wife finished her degree, then our business was doing quite well. We kept putting it off. But I was 33 when we emigrated, and I thought, I can start again in my 30s. So you take a big step backwards. I mean, I was four years out of b and I had to, had to work for other people for three and a half years, and I'd run my own business for eight. It's a big step backwards. Yeah. But I can do that in my 30s, but I'm definitely not doing it in my 40s. Um, so that was the last chance. I thought, yeah, I can start again. I can start at the bottom, entry-level jobs for a couple of years again, but um, after that, not We're very happy to have you in uh, in, in Australia. And uh, so, just one uh, one other question: How different was? I know it's the same twenty point agenda all over the world for BNI in a meeting, but how different was the BNI in Australia to the BNI in the UK? It was actually more different than I realised. If I'm if I'm totally honest, um, mainly because in the UK everything's read direct from the script in the chapter. So rather than it being an agenda, it's actually word for word from the script um, as we do it. And I, I found it a little different. Um, but I guess it's a good cultural reflection. You know, in, in Britain, we're a little bit stiff, perhaps. Um, it's it's a little more relaxed in Australia. Um, it's uh, we, we start in Mornington, we start half an hour later, which is quite nice. Um, it's not quite such a crack of dawn start, but um, like it's just got everything's got a slightly more relaxed slant, although we're actually ironically better at timekeeping in the Mornington chapter, which is great. It, they're very good. At, um, Pauline runs a very good meeting and it always finishes when it's meant to finish, which is really good. We we tended to go on a bit in the UK, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's very familiar. I, I guess coming all the way across the world on day one, the meeting was still familiar. You knew what was happening. You knew what to expect next. And, the processes are the same. You're, you've got to get to know people, build some trust um, before you can go anywhere. So the process is the exact same. Yeah. Yeah, we, what we like to find here, uh, with our training here nationally is um, is transitioning through the agenda. As long as we stick to the agenda that, that, the, that the members show their show their personality as, as if they're not reading from a script and from a bit of paper. And uh, it gives uh, a bit of human element. Uh, it gives entrepreneurs a, a chance to shine, and uh, and also just um, show out their you know their their credibility and visibility within the meeting and and their personality within the meeting as well in our in their leadership team roles. So they so they stand out in front of uh, 
in front of the other people. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I really like about what we do. And, you know, I can tell you years ago, everyone read from the script uh, mm-hmm. and it was word for word verbatim. Yeah. And, uh, and I tell you what, I, I've been in meetings where people have been falling asleep at <laughs> <laughs> time of morning. And I just, I was at a meeting one day and I just stood over someone to, to, uh, who was sitting next to a, uh, uh, a, a guy who was he was actually a funeral director, V. <laughs> He's used to people falling asleep. And he, it was he was literally snoring. <laughs> and I gestured to a person. I said, "Give him a." And it, this is a this is a uh, not a visual medium, but I was doing the uh, the wing. Give him a uh, <laughs> give him a, a knock with your elbow, a bump of your elbow, wake him up. Will you? Everyone's looking at him. It's pretty embarrassing for that person. So. Um, <laughs> No, but if the meeting's a good place to be, it's exciting. Uh, people are having a good time. People's personalities are shining. It's a much more fun place to be. And if you're having fun, uh, doing business is a lot easier. Yeah. I think, too, um, just going around to a lot of the meetings uh, over the last, well, Zoom and face-to-face over the last few years, the um, creativity that the leadership teams are using, too. So they're still using the same script but they're actually sharing it between the members. So in some, the president will introduce everybody. In others, each member will stand up and introduce themselves. Um, and it's nice because people are knowing that the agenda is important, but they're also understanding that if they keep everyone engaged and included in that process, then everyone makes the meeting their own and it's really nice to be part of. Yeah, and this has been a really great story to share because uh, a lot of members, you know, don't think of BNI much outside their chapter or their neighbouring sort of area, whereas someone can come from uh, BNI in the United Kingdom, uh, set up place in a in a town where they don't know anyone, yeah, and go and instantly build a network to start a business locally by finding a BNI group. Yeah. And uh, it's absolutely, you know, it's an absolutely amazing thing to have there, whereas you can, and, you know, a lot of people don't even know if you've got credit in another part of the world, you can even use it here to uh, to join a BNI group. It carries across. I did not know that. Yeah, we've got an, uh, all the executive directors, uh, uh, certificates of credits last two years, so you can use that anywhere in the world. Well, I, and, I know somebody who had a membership in, in London and... Um, grew their business up in Edinburgh. So when I was a DC for a while up, up in Edinburgh and he moved up there and he's now emigrated again to British Columbia in, in Canada and um, and is a BNI member over there. As well, I, just, I, I honestly just love the concept and this, and I often say this to members who are just putting in their application, you're joining a chapter as a member, but you're actually now part of a network in the region, in the country, and globally. And until you've got a business where you can, uh, you know, offer your services across the sea, you don't really understand it. But imagine that. And we've had some great stories, Brent, haven't we, on the podcast of people who've reached out to overseas members to make contacts to sell the, or distribute products from Australia? Yeah, for sure. One of the old taglines we always used was local business global network. And that rings true even today. And I don't, I'm not sure if we still use that tagline in in part of our branding, but um, it still absolutely rings true as we go. Now, Peter, one of the reasons why I got you on here, um, I, I saw you do a uh, education um, workshop. And here's, here's a tip for the listeners here today. Um, you know, you can actually get fellow members to help you with the edge. If you're an education coordinator, you can get fellow members if they've got a, an area of expertise 
to actually help you with your education workshop presentation. It's, it's, you're quite allowed to, and it's a point of difference, and it works really well. And I saw this in Peter's chapter a few weeks ago, and Peter was talking about the way he invites visitors to the meeting. Uh, so a lot of people um, make the mistake of telling people too much. And uh, Peter's, I, I really love some of the uh, methods. And I thought that'd be a really good thing to share with our listeners here today, because one of the things people find hardest in our organisation is to invite people. Yeah, because they might get kicked off a work site if they go up to a, to a guy in overalls. <laughs> well, you know what the worst thing is? People don't like hearing no. Yeah. They're afraid of hearing no. And, um, yeah, that's probably the worst that can happen to you is someone says, no, thanks. Okay. And I like to think, here's another one for you, Veronica. No stands for next opportunity. Yeah. All right. So, Peter, would you like to share some of the ways you actually invite guests to your chapter? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I was always taught on, on joining BNI and uh, always used to do it with the new members. The, you know, the first thing to try and build some credibility in your group it is to invite people. Because in a way, you've, you've got a fresh contact base. You don't necessarily know your members of the chapter straight away. So you can't pass them lots of referrals, but you can build some credibility by, by getting visitors along. And visitors are the most valuable thing you can bring along. So, um, But it's, it's not easy. And sometimes people can be very awkward about doing it. And I thought back to when Colin tried to invite me, you know, the wrong person, wrong time. Um, but then my mechanic, Jim, he just said, hey, come along. I thought I was going to a burger van to, to chat to some of his mates. You know, I, I went to work in a suit every day, but I, I put on jeans and a T-shirt, my painting clothes, to go down to the first meeting because I thought I was going to a burger van. But, you know, retrospectively, um, that got me there. And then the, the meeting sold itself after that. So it's just getting in the door. And I think it's, it's I, I wasn't comfortable with the elongated script. You almost hear yourself talking the visitor out of coming. You know, they say, so what's this B&I thing? And you start talking about what you do over breakfast at six o'clock in the morning. And they're thinking, oh, my goodness, do I want to? This is too much. Um, so I just kept it simple. I thought I'm not inviting them to join our to join our group. I'm inviting them to come and meet some of my contacts for breakfast. So that's all I do. You know, um, I, I tailor it depending on who I'm speaking to. Um, you know, somebody I'm working on at the moment, um, I, say, I said, I phoned them up and said, um, look, I go to this networking thing um, on a Thursday morning. I'd like to bring you along to it. I think it'd be really good. And I've got someone I want to introduce you to. So in this case, it's a, a heating and cooling engineer. So I'm thinking, we, we know that BNI is not about who's in the room. It's, it's who their contacts are. But mm -hmm. for that guest, the first thing they're thinking of is, who could I work with in that room? They're not thinking second, third tier. That comes through education down the line. But they just want to know, who could they connect with? So I'm thinking, well, there's a builder there. So I line that builder up and say, hey, I've got this guy I'd like you to meet. And he's thinking, wow, here's a builder I can meet, I can do some work with. Nice and simple. We're going to have breakfast. Once they're there, they, you do the meeting. But the next, the next thing that's really important is the follow-up. Because, and I got it wrong for a long time, I'd, say, I'd call people and say, hey, just checking, are you still good to go to this meeting in the morning? You're giving them an opt-out. It's too easy. No one wants to get up early the next morning. We're all busy. Um, so instead now, I'll say, I'll send them a text message and just say, hey, Bob the Builder is really looking forward to seeing you in the morning. Uh, make sure you're there at quarter to seven. 
And, yeah. and that's it. And now they're thinking, oh, no, they're expecting me to go. And someone else is looking forward to seeing me. I better turn up. So it's you're not given the opt out. Um, at the end of the day, they'll make their own decision when they get there based on, on, on the business that's been passed and the environment they're in. It's just getting them over that line first thing in the morning. So I find keeping it super simple like that. And then I'm not scripted. I'm not uncomfortable. I just keep it very short, short, sweet, and ask the question. And they're coming for breakfast. That's all. It's so easy, isn't it? It's so like, and, and you're just keeping people accountable too, which is something that, you know, 99% of the population uncomfortable doing, mm-hmm. actually keeping other people accountable. You said you were going to come. So here's a text just saying, we're really looking forward to seeing you. Exactly. And I like how sending a text, like if you called someone up the day before, hey, you're still right to come tomorrow. It's easy for them to say no. Oh, I forgot. I've got a dentist appointment <laughs> at, at, at 8.15 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But if you're, if you're sending a text saying, oh, you're expecting him and we've organised something for you already, yeah. oh, oh, I'm obliged. I've got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you can almost and, sense them swearing at the other end, but that doesn't matter because they're going to love the breakfast. They'll forgive you once they get there. And yeah. also that's going to be great for their business too. We forget that the benefit they're going to have once they come into the room. And, and the um, and look, not every visitor is going to join, um, or maybe not right now. I mean, I brought a visitor last week that was, um, whether he joins or not, I don't know if he'll be able to, but he was the per- he was the referral request, the perfect referral request for about half a dozen people in the room. And mm-hmm. I know that person's already passed lots of business, to, or is, is passing now business to one of the members. Yeah, so that's a great value of someone coming along. And whether he can join now, whether he joins in the future, we don't know. But he's now aware of it, and he's and it's been a good benefit for the members in the room. So if you're inviting someone to 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 join the chapter, you're doing too much. Yeah. You just want someone to see the meeting, and, yeah. and that's the easiest way to do it. Come along, come and see the meeting, come and meet someone you could possibly do business with, yeah. and signal out that one person. And uh, and make sure they meet that person. Make sure that person's going to be there too, because <laughs> <laughs> you could lose all credibility if that person, oh, they've got a sub this week, or uh, oh, they've they've got an absence. Uh, so that can look bad on you as well. So some great tips there for our listeners, V. One more thing we'd like to hear from you, Peter, before we sign off with you today. We always ask all our guests on this podcast uh, to share a success tip uh, in BNI. Uh, that can possibly help other members listening to this? Oh, really simple for me is to be specific with your referral requests. A named person is so important. Um, I mean, a classic example, I asked for somebody last uh, last week when you were there. Um, you didn't know the person I asked for, but because you knew who I was looking for, you came to me after the meeting and said, I know someone else you should make contact with because now you know exactly who I'm looking to speak to. And being specific every week is important. A named person is the best way forward. Yeah, and exactly right. It gives people an opportunity to do that mental sorting in their brain. If you're too vague, you're expecting the people in the room to, to prospect on your behalf, and no one has time to do that. No. So um, if you get people thinking and get their uh, reticular activator working, in there and uh, and you, you'll find you'll get more referrals. Well, it's been great, Peter, talking to you today. Thank you for coming on the podcast. V. Thanks for having me. 
I just, uh, that's such fantastic information. And I think that anyone who's watching, listening to the podcast today will get so much out of the simplicity of what you've just given them in terms of inviting the visitors. And you know something, somehow you got from UK to Mornington, Australia, and now you're on the podcast. And we're so very grateful that you've been able to share your story with everybody. Well, yeah, Peter, you. just before you go, give us uh, give us a website or somewhere where people can contact you for your business as well, because you've got a great business you've set up here on the Mornington Peninsula for travellers coming in. So people listening to this from other areas can... can uh, yeah. It's been, it's been a funny year, but it is, is a fantastic time to have a holiday rental in the Mornington Peninsula. Um, and, you know, for the foreseeable future, that, that's going to continue. Um, so Peninsula Dreams Holiday Homes is the is the business. So it's just the, the usual www Peninsula, uh, Peninsula Dreams Holiday Homes. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, I'd love to hear from, from people either who have a holiday home in the Peninsula. A lot of holiday homes here um, are people just use them for themselves and they don't realise they could be sitting on sixty to 90,000 per annum income from those and they can still use them themselves and um, I always love uh, speaking with real estate agents who sell these beautiful homes but um, the vast majority don't don't manage holiday homes themselves so that's uh, those are the people I like to speak to. Fantastic thanks Peter. Yeah thanks so much Peter. Well Brent that was a great um, podcast I just love it keeping it simple. And one, and I loved it when Peter just said the easiest way to build credibility with your chapter is to bring visitors. I hadn't actually thought about that. I think sometimes um, being a member for a while with BNI, you overcomplicate it and you're thinking about the power of one and all of the different things that you could do. But he's right. Like just bringing a visitor in the room, everyone does look at you and go, oh, wow, you know, someone bought a visitor. And everyone steps up their game too. When there's a lot of visitors in the room, the whole energy in the room lifts. I think a visitor in the room is worth 10 referrals because that visitor can possibly do business with anyone in the room. And we hear members actually tell us that they've they've done, you know, referrals, ongoing referrals over and over again from visitors yeah. who have been introduced and they've never seen again. And that's one of the powers of what we do. You know, a visitor comes in, they have a, a real positive experience. And uh, from that experience, they, um, you know, they, they see people in, in a professional environment they see how much the members actually love them and uh, and and love what they do uh, by giving testimonials and that sort of thing. And they think, wow, you know, I, I really want to deal with this person. They're a great service provider. And I think to um, to give give credit where it's due. You know, some people might find it easier to bring visitors, and then there might be a member who hasn't. And then they finally get that visitor in the room. And I think that we need to make a fuss of that. Whenever you've got a visitor, we need to make a fuss because sometimes it's just not as easy for other people. It takes them a bit longer, but it is a big deal to be able to go and ask someone, will you come and, uh, you know, have a brekkie with me in the morning and just meet some of the people that I do business with? Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we ask people when visitors are being introduced to, to tell us who, who introduced you today so that person gets that recognition. Yeah. Within the group that they're actually working for the group uh, and sharing the network which is really important. Well, thank you again for bringing a great visitor today. So I do have a question for you, and I guess it's in and around um, that visitor experience as well, and that is the role of an ambassador. Now, I know that um, we're looking for more ambassadors and we've got a discovery session coming up soon, but I thought it might be good just to you know, ask anyone who's listening if they think that they're up for the challenge and they're interested in it, what kind of things are BNI looking for in a BNI ambassador? Well, basically... Ambassador is another role of support that uh, fits in 
between the direct consultant for the chapter and the and the uh, leadership team. They they're members of BNI and they represent BNI as another chapter to to support the uh, members of the chapter and the leadership teams in uh, helping them with issues with the chapters, helping onboard um, new new members as well and struggling members and working with those, building those relationships and having that other level of support. So if you're someone who um, loves what you do in BNI, uh, work the system really well, well, maybe uh, being on the BNI ambassador team uh, is um, a possibility for you. And that can lead to being on the uh, a support director or a launch director from that as well down the track also. So um, there is, and a lot of people don't really realise, that there is a uh, there is a path where people can get more involved with uh, in BNI, and and you know from yourself being a uh, being an ambassador than a uh, than a chapter growth director. Uh, I once they never had ambassadors when I started off as a direct consultant, but I started off as a direct consultant for eight years before I um, I bought a franchise and became an executive director of BNI as well. So, um, yeah, there is a pathway there for people to get more involved in the business if they love what they do and they're passionate. One of the advantages is raising your visibility and credibility in the community as well. Um, and if those people see you as, a, as an asset and professional and great at what you do, uh, you can actually build your network from there as well with the, with the chapters you manage and, and possibly, uh, you know, under the giver's gain, you know, get more referrals from it. Well, I, I love being an ambassador and I love being um, someone that members could come to because it made me feel like all the time that I spent in BNI that maybe I had some knowledge that was valuable to other members, but also to working with the director consultant of that chapter to make sure that I could support them as well in their role. Um, but let's, you know, we've got to obviously point out that you do need to be in the green uh, we can't obviously have people coming on board that say, oh, that's, that's fun. It sounds like I'd love to do that. You need to be walking the walk as well to be considered. And, and obviously that's one of those things that people generally get invited to come along to the ambassador um, discovery sessions. So, but you do need to be walking the walk. Oh, for sure. It's not, um, it's selection, not election here. Um, you know, we, we want the best of the best. And, and what this does is actually practicing all this, uh, all this stuff and all the access you get from being part of a DNA team, you get to actually network with the best of the best around Australia in uh, conferences and meetings and other events as well. And it's like the old story about the person who has a guitar lesson, then goes home and teaches someone else um, what they learned in the guitar it makes them better at what they do. Yeah. And it's the same thing with uh, being on the DNA team. Uh, you know, if you're uh, practicing this, you become a better networker and you become a, a better asset for your own chapter as well. And what we see is people who are ambassadors get access to so much more uh, things and so much more experience and training, et cetera, that they become really good members within their own chapters and do a lot more business as well. Yeah, well, thank you. Are you happy for people to uh, send you an email if they're interested and then you can uh, let them know if you feel that they're going to be right fit for the role? Well, um, for sure. Send, um, you know, if you're in my region, send me an email. If you're, uh, if you're in your, uh, if you're in another region, send your uh, local executive director, uh, drop them a line and uh, or maybe catch up with them for a one-to-one -one and, and find out some details about it. Beautiful. Fantastic. What is your tip for the week? I think we're running a bit short on time, but, um, you know, we spoke about it today. Um, you know, 
growing your chapter and uh, as your chapter grows. And a lot of people, we have a lot of groups at the moment doing visitor day programs and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's really important to understand why uh, you should grow your chapter. And, and one of the things you'll see here, here, see and hear a lot more about um, over the coming year is, is BNI's marketing is the connector effect. And uh, the connector effect is uh, what it's about is connecting more and more people to the services they need. So a great example of this is imagine you, uh, you had a message, you uh, joined a messaging app and that particular app only had two other people. It wouldn't be of much use to you, would it? Yeah. But yeah. as uh, each person, new person joins, you make more connections as well and it becomes of more value. And BNI is the same way. And as we, uh, <clears throat> you know, as we actually grow and add more people to our network, we find more people who can solve the problems of the people in our circle and we can connect those people to them. And we can actually connect uh, the people within our network to actually solve problems of our friends, family, customers, uh, suppliers, people we network with in other areas and we can actually connect those and we can become a problem solver uh, for those people by by activating our chapter as it grows. So there's as our chapter grows, there's more people to connect people with and solve those problems for your network. And as that happens, guess who else gets more referrals? Yeah, yeah. You. You know, so, um, you know, my background's in telco and way back when, and I don't know if you probably remember, some people would remember this, but a lot of people take it for granted. Like in the early days of uh, SMS short messaging service, you could only message within the network. So you could only short message service someone. If you're on Vodafone, you could only short message another Vodafone customer. You couldn't uh, message an Optus or a Telstra customer back then. Yeah. But when they opened it up, it opened up the possibilities and made it much a much more valuable tool. Now, yeah, SMS still gets used a, a lot these days, but, you know, uh, way back when, it wasn't a real valuable tool. None of everyone sort of took took it on because they didn't know who they could message. So um, same with your B&I group, the more people you add, the more valuable it comes. Well, that's a fantastic tip. And also, uh, if you haven't already, look out for Ivan's new book, The Connector Effect. Effect. Oh, and uh, that's just his very, very new book, and I'm holding it in my hands. Can't wait to have the read. Thank you, Steve, our producer, for making sure everything runs smoothly. Thank you to our guest, Peter Oliver from Mornington BNI. Shout out to Barry Hodge. He's doing a great job down there as well. And, uh, Brent, I'll see you same time next week. Thanks, mate.